Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Let's ride. For the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. What is going on, Dodger fans? Happy New Year's. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Incline Dodgers podcast. We are presented by Fansided as well as TickPick. This is Kevin Klein, your host this afternoon. I am joined by Tim Rogers, first time guest of the Incline Dodgers podcast. We're really excited to have him aboard. You can support and follow his work over at Dodgers 2080 as well. He does his own podcast content covering the Dodgers as well as the minor leagues. So, let me hand it over to Tim Rogers, first-time guest. As I said, welcome to the show. How's your New Year's going? This is great, Kevin. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Been following you guys for quite a while and watching what you guys do and hoping to, you know, we can all grow together in this new year as we have Shohei Otani yes. on the Dodgers and Yoshinobu Yamamoto. And who knows what's next? But hopefully we get another New Year's gift pretty soon, right, from uh, the man, the myth, Andrew Friedman. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. I, I'm starting to get a little greedy. Like, I'm expecting <laughs> more Dodger moves. Like, I, I think I'm one of the many Dodger fans that are just spoiled right now. And I feel like there are more moves to come. I don't know how big they'll be. Obviously, nothing's going to top Shohei Otani coming to the Los Angeles Dodgers. We're going to dive a little deeper into him in just a little bit on the show. But Tim, since you are new here to the incline, I wanted to get your overall thoughts on your impressions of the Dodgers this off season. So far. Well, as like most Dodger Dodger folks, um, all pretty darn upset with what happened after in the playoffs with another, with even a more embarrassing exit um in the nlds just not even winning a game against the 84 win diamondbacks oh man um but and you know and going everyone's saying hey um you know they've been saving for shohei they've been saving for shohei okay well let's see that and then we of course we also know that shohei couldn't can't even pitch but um to see that signing happen with um andrew friedman and company really making a commitment, working with Shohei on on the contract, the magic contract. He clearly, you know, there was three teams that submitted that contract that were willing to do that contract, and he chose the Dodgers. And then we got, we got like, more ice cream and cake when we got Yamamoto signed. That was just amazing that they pulled that one off. Again, he yeah. chose the Dodgers. And so we have something going on now. It's like, okay, where's the third samurai, man? Where's Imanaga? Or where is Sasaki next year? I mean, my goodness. Let's see our guy, um, uh, Doom Sal out there, man. He knows all that stuff about the guys coming. 
and he was on that stuff from the very beginning. But man, you know, I, I still think the Dodgers do need some help, but it's not like, oh my gosh, our starting pitching is so awful. It's like, oh, now it's getting pretty good and you're feeling good about it. And I still think they need another innings eater um, and a right-handed bat, you know, but now we're, now we're talking about, um, I think less pressing needs than the starting rotation, which was just so awful during the uh, postseason. I had never seen a Dodgers starting staff just completely fall apart, fall apart like they did last season. I don't think anyone could have seen that coming. We figured that there would be some question marks in the rotation and Urias out of the gate just was not the same pitcher. And then off the team, obviously, Meanwhile, Kershaw was leading the Dodgers starting staff in the first half all-star and then had the shoulder injury, which just completely derailed his season. Dodgers were without Walker Buehler, which was to be expected. We knew that there would be some rookies that would come up and emerge. Bobby Miller, in my opinion, had a great rookie season for the Dodgers and he'll only get better moving forward. It was nice to see Emmett Sheehan really be a big contributor for the Dodgers off and on. Uh, last season as well and then Gavin Stone who had a lot of hype coming in you would know best Tim what kind of happened to Stone he just didn't really live up to our expectations yeah I mean he had, if you everyone remembers he had he had such a hot spring training striking out you know like two per inning it seemed like maybe more and then he started the season poorly in OKC mm-hmm. he hadn't he had maybe one good start before he got called up, he what he shouldn't have been called up, but they were desperate already. And then he wasn't really that good. Went back to OKC and wasn't that good again. <laughs> had to get called up again. I mean, that it was so bad that Dodgers had they had to trade for Lance Lynn because they needed some innings. But um Gavin finally remember he had a pretty good run there in Boston. Um yes. Doc maybe left him in a little too long, but you know, no no real harm done. And then he ended the season well at OKC. So I'm actually very optimistic still about him. Yeah. Um it makes me go, well, yeah, I'd like another innings eater, but it could be that it's Gavin Stone, it's Kyle Hurt, Landon Knack, Nick Frasso, all those types of guys that that might do that work instead, which would be kind of kind of good for my part for my uh, website, that's for sure. <laughs> It's pretty cool. They have a lot of young guys on the 40-man roster that we would expect to really be an integral part of the Dodgers this upcoming season. You mentioned Landon Knack, who he's pretty old for a guy that actually hasn't pitched at the major league level yet, 26 or 27, if I'm not mistaken. Nick Frasso, he's 24. Is that correct? Yeah, he might. he's probably heading to 25 also. <laughs> So these are two guys that on other organizations, they might already have a year or two or maybe even three years of major league experience underneath their belt versus the Dodgers that have been definitely more on the conservative side. It's worked in theory, holding these guys back, letting them get really polished in the minor league level. Uh, We saw that um, work with Ryan Pepio and they were able to sell high on him. Bobby Miller, one of the few that they actually kind of unleashed earlier versus other guys um but yeah i'm excited to see how these guys really contribute to the dodgers for 2024 i also agree though i think they might add one more starting pitcher and you just brought his name up there was um a a report in the japanese media that the dodgers were one of five or six teams linked to shota 
Imanaga. He's seeking approximately a five-year anywhere between 85 to $100 million, which in this market is honestly not that much. And yeah. I think the Dodgers really could complete the, the holy trinity of three awesome samurais. I haven't really been too familiar with his stuff. Maybe you have more insight as to what type of pitcher he is, but obviously left-handed, so that adds some diversity to the Dodgers rotation since they're very right-handed heavy. But if the Dodgers were to add Imanaga, I think this would be a great completion to what is already a remarkable offseason. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean, it's just more of, you know, the Dodgers, they have to make some moves with all those pitchers we mentioned because it's almost not fair. Um, and, and if you notice, they're all right-handed. I mean, they're probably their top lefty starting prospect would be Jason Robleski or, or Maddox Bruns um, in terms of just how high they've, you know, where they are at their levels. Um, but, you know, again, it's just not, it's not, they have to move some of those, they have to move a couple of those guys just for their sake to break that log jam. But at the same time, last year I had in my head 10 starting pitchers going into spring training. And by the end of the year, they were almost all gone, broken, whatever. Um, so that that there's that fear there, and um, you know, and not all the pitchers that are that are with the Dodgers uh, make me go, oh, all oh, innings eaters. There's none that I consider to be innings eaters right now. Yeah, I think there's a lot of high expectations for Sheehan moving forward for next season. <laughs> But he's never thrown anywhere close to 180 innings. So I think that the Dodgers are going to be pretty conservative with him as well. What scares me about hard throwers like Sheehan and Bobby Miller, can their elbows hold, hold up? Are right. they durable enough to sustain the impact throwing 100-mile-per-hour pitches, pitch after pitch after pitch? The the way that baseball has really moved in that direction, it, it gets me a little nervous. Like the Steven Strasburgs of the world – when they're healthy, they're on. But and Tyler Glass now is another great example. But mm -hmm. they also deal with a lot of injuries, and so that that's why I think that the Dodgers just they need to load up on starting pitching depth. This is probably not what we're accustomed to in years past, where you've got your five starters, maybe you have one more guy, and that's all you really have to rely on for the season. This just not the same game where you have a whole rotation that you can get thirty starts out of consistently. Yeah, I agree. Um, I've been on my channel. I've been pushing the six man rotation. Um, the, 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 the strain that they are putting on you and you, you talk what you were talking about back in the day. Yeah, I'm old, but even a Justin Verlander, when he pitched, when he was in his prime was not throwing 110% every pitch, he would cruise 92, 93 and then bring 97 when he needed it. These guys are going Balls out, first inning, hair on fire, throwing everything they got, and they're and really they're they're not made to go these long these these many innings. So I, I think a six man has to be looked at. They're going to have to yeah. be doing some piggybacking. You know, a guy like Ryan Yarbrough is going to have to get some uh, play. Plus, he's just a different look. Um, but yeah, they're gonna, they're going to have some. Uh, I think every team has issues with pitching. I mean, yes. even. Uh, the the uh, my unfavorite team, the Padres down here, uh, you know they had a ton of issues too. 
they lost Darvish and Musgrove uh, by the end of the year. The only guy that survived it was uh, Blake Snell, you know, Mr. Five Innings himself. Yeah, Tampa Bay, another team, they got crippled by pitching injuries. I mean, McClanahan, Tommy mm. John, I believe, Springs, Tommy John, Rasmussen, Gosh. another elbow injury. So it's, this is a, a real serious problem, and it's this is why I think Yamamoto is going to be such a different element because he's not a hard thrower. He is a pitcher, and he's accustomed to only throwing once a week, so it will be a big adjustment mm-hmm. for him at the major league level, potentially going twice in a week. But I agree with Tim. It's looking more and more likely that the six-man rotation is the way of the future. Yeah, and um, Imanaga is the same way. I mean, he's right. he he sits, what, 92-94. Um, and if you recall, he did start the final of that um, WBC game for Japan against the United States. Um, but he's just he's he would be one of those guys you go oh that's like a number four number five guy, but he probably can give us a lot of innings. Um, and he's not gonna and he's not killing himself out there trying to, you know, break the radar gun every every pitch. Happy New Year's to everyone in the chat. I see you guys in the comment section. Welcome, Sal. What's up, Justin? What's going on, Dennis? Michael. If you haven't hit that like button yet, please hit the like button. If you're not subscribing to this YouTube channel, please do us a solid and subscribe as well. We're going to get to some of your guys' questions in just a few minutes. So if you want to start crafting them, drop them in the chat shortly. But I want to talk Shohei Otani because this man is a Los Angeles Dodger. We're in 2024 now, which means Shohei Otani will be suiting up for the Dodgers this year. And kind of looking ahead to what his projections are, according to fan graphs, I wanted to get Tim's thought and maybe some of you guys in the chat, you can comment as well. 273 is his projected batting average, 377 on base, 549 slugging, 38 home runs, close to 100 RBIs, and 145 WRC+, plus, which is actually a big hit because he had a 180 WRC+, plus last season, 4.2 war. Tim, are these projections kind of in mind with what what you think? Too conservative? Too high? Let's get it going. Man, um, crack is whack. Uh, that those are those. You know, he's going to a lineup where he's got he might be surrounded by Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman with a Will Smith in there. I mean, his his protection with the Angels. You know, he had Trout. Who was and he missed a third of the season and they, some other young guys, but he had no protection and he went and what had forty four homers or whatever it was and just you know blew everyone out of the water uh, in the MVP with his offense. Um, I think they're crazy. I think those are really low. It was interesting. So I did a, an additional research because uh, obviously he was a monster last season. I wanted to kind of compare the numbers to what a Shohei Otani post post a elbow injury season would be like mm. um I probably have the years so 2021 he obviously he pitched he hit was maybe his best season to date 2022 definitely was more in line with what they're projecting for this season so in 2022 he had 273 356 on base 519 slugging 34 home runs, 95 RBIs. And then last season, he missed 
basically the last month of the year, but he exploded, had maybe his best offensive season to date if he were to sustain it. And Angel Stadium, it's been a while since I've been there, but it's pretty much similar in terms of ballpark length as Dodger Stadium, right? It's not like right. much it's not much more hitter friendly by any means. Yeah, and he does like to hit Dodger Stadium. Remember that? I don't know if you remember hearing that. Um, well, because they've really worked on getting that background, or you know, in center field uh, proper versus Angels got um, they got a fountain out there and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. It's just kind of weird to, to. But even if he does that, those are really good numbers that you're that we're talking about, and just having the threat of an Otani where you got these big three and um, and if Will Smith is properly rested and doesn't get a concussion <laughs> or whatever he had this last year, was a river concussion. I get it confused with oh, some other I guys, think. you know, so um, all of us in, if Muncie can keep improving because Muncie did start coming on. I still think he needs to lose 30 pounds. Um, and I'm not one to talk, but I'm going to, <laughs> um, you just that that the top of that lineup is pretty darn ferocious. If Lux uh, fits in at nine and can do what he was doing in 2022, all of a sudden that lineup becomes just so much stronger. And the threat you can't pitch around. You got to pitch. You got to pitch to somebody. You pitch to Shohei. Do you pitch to pitch to Freddie? Do you pitch pitch to Mookie? Do you pitch to Will? I mean. I, I like what uh, I like. Uh, I project higher, and m maybe it's a. I, I'm biased. I'll admit it. <laughs> I think the batting average could certainly be higher. I think he'll hit. I think he'll hit 300. In terms of maybe the home runs and RBIs, I think it will matter if he's batting second or third in the lineup. That's. Mm. I guess that's one of the biggest question marks for the Dodgers right now. What is the top three of the batting order? Is it Mookie? Shohei Freddie or is it Mookie Freddie Shohei that's right that's certainly something that'll be interesting I think 300 batting average from Otani's fair 38 home runs I think he'll I think he'll exceed 40 home runs I guess the one thing that I still need to understand better about Otani is if he's an aggressive base runner is this a guy that's willing to stretch singles into doubles or even doubles into triples I don't know yeah, I mean he he has he has the speed to do it. He's not like Freddie, man. Freddie got all greedy on the uh, on the doubles this last year, man. He was going for he was going for two on a on a single to center field, um, which was you know that was fun. But I was just always concerned he was going to get hurt um, going for those personal numbers, which mean nothing when you get one hit during the postseason. Just saying, um, but um, yeah, I'd like to see that'll be interesting to see. I I can't recall that. I should. Uh, I got a guy on my staff, Ryan Fala. I'll I'll follow up with him to maybe you know, I'll do a little show on that later on that just to get that information. Um, but um, uh, it's just, again the threat, the threat of all three of those guys is um, is significant, um, and that's what, who who do you pitch to? <laughs> so this is kind of a follow up question on the subject: is who will benefit the most with Otani's presence in the lineup. Mm. Obviously, Mookie and Freeman are MVP candidates, so I don't know if they're going to really pop off much more, but maybe Max Muncy, this is a good bounce-back season for him. 
His walk rate did decline a lot last season. I did notice the batting average was a little low. Could Max Muncie bounce back and be closer to a 250, 260 hitter and improve the walk rate? I think that's a great question. Will Smith is another one who he's going to have a lot of RBI opportunities, I imagine, whether mm-hmm. he's batting cleanup or in the five hole. He should have at least one of these three superstars on base, and the pitchers should be a little worn down. So maybe Will Smith, who's an excellent fastball hitter, is able to take advantage and start driving home these guys. Well, and if if he's got uh, Freddie at first base, who is a stolen base threat, mm-hmm. proven stolen base threat, he will see more fastballs in that way. Um, the Muncie thing is really important. Um, you brought up the walk rate. Um, I think a lot of us noticed, um, you know, when he was batting, you know, 190s, he was he was pressing at the plate. You could see it. He was swinging at stuff that he doesn't normally swing at. Um, and that's why the walk rate went down a bit, I think. If he can get back to just being Max Muncie, the guy that has the super eye, who better eye than an umpire. Um, he does, you know, he he knows his strike zone. Um that's the guy who, who, who's not chasing. And if he does that, he's going to get on base more. And then whoever's, whoever our left fielder is, yeah. Tommy Pham or Jorge Soler, I don't know, I'm just throwing names, or Randy Rosarena like everyone wants to see, um, it just gives them more opportunities too. But I think Max getting on base and hitting his pitches, man, it's going to make a difference. I mean, he still hit, what did he hit, 36? 36. I mean, w- with that year that he was having, where it was just kind of, it was one of the weirdest seasons that you, you could ever, ever see. But man, when he gets that pitch, he pounds it, and it's just fun to watch when he when he can do that. He really feasted off the giant off the Giants this season. He's going to have some fresh blood because I know for a fact the Giants are aggressively looking for some starting pitching. Yeah, who those guys will be remains to be seen hopefully it's not blake snell but yeah amen <laughs> <laughs> but on that note with the dodgers lineup two supporting cast members who should have fantastic seasons are james outman and gavin lux yeah i think i think james outman the big thing with him obviously is going to be cutting down the strikeout rate but he had a great rookie season and then of course with gavin lux great contact hitter for him it's just staying on the field but they're going to have guys on base for them without a doubt. But at the same time, they need to also help set the table since they'll be in the lower third of the lineup most likely. And if Gavin Lux and James Altman can work the count, get on base, when the lineup rolls over, you start off with Mookie Betts, I imagine, back off, back in the top of the order. And these, these are uh, opportunities to not hit solo home runs, but hopefully two or three run home runs for our superstars. Yeah, I agree. Um, I know a lot of people have been clamoring for Adamas over Lux, and I just ah, that just doesn't seem right. Um, I, let him play the first four months, and if he can't handle the position, we're going to find out. Then you can trade for Adamas at the trade deadline if the Brewers somehow are out of it. Actually, it won't even matter with them because they traded Josh Hader right in the middle of being in a pennant race. So you know, but. Um, he when he's healthy, he's got a lot of range. We know about the uh, what's it called, um, the 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 yips that he's had in the past. Yes. Um, 
but he's never had a full chance to play shortstop. He played a lot of second base, trying to learn, even having trying to learn the outfield on the job. I don't know if you recall. Remember, they even put him at third base for a few couple games, and they, I mean, they've done so many th- terrible things, in my opinion, to him. Now he has a chance. You know, regretfully, Seager's gone. Trey Turner's gone. Gavin Lux is shot. It's it was they've been lining him up for years. He was the number one prospect in baseball for a bit. So I'd like to see it. I think he's a, a, he can be an elite hitter. We'll see. He he's trying to simplify his swing. But if he can have that range at shortstop, because he's going to need it with our third baseman over there. Um, you know, if he can handle that position, that's the thing. Adamus is a is an excellent fielder. And that that's that's where I go. Okay, but we also have an excellent fielder on the roster. His name's Miguel Rojas. So you go Lux for seven or whatever, and then after his last at bat, you put Miggy Rowe in there. I don't know. <laughs> Defensively, Miguel Rojas is one of the best in the game, but offensively, I'm kind of done with him. We've got <laughs> yeah. a full season out of him, and he was horrible. No, no offense to Rojas, but I actually do have some more thoughts on shortstop in a few. It'll naturally tie itself back, but happy new year to you as well, Frank. Will you guys be at spring training this year? Uh, I plan on, I'm going to try and get there. Um, I have a window of March 9th through 16th. I'm hoping to be there. What about you, Klein? I don't know yet. I have a major exam on March 15th, so I don't know if I'll be able to swing it yet. Maybe the very end of spring training. It's really up in the air, but you know where you can get spring training tickets. Our sponsor, TickPick, it's 2024, and if your New Year's resolution was to go to more sporting events, well, I highly recommend downloading the TickPick app because they've got the best deals out there for your favorite sports teams. doesn't matter where you live. There are no service fees at checkout. And if you're a music guy or concert goer like myself, well, TickPick has all the deals for concerts as well. Um, I was actually asked on X yesterday if I would – dive into some pop punk rock music i don't know if we'll get around to that but tim are you, you're a music guy yeah i am i was gonna actually wear my blink 182 sweatshirt for you but it doesn't work with the green screen mm. so um it, it just looks like it's black but um i am uh i am a blink 182 Angels and Airwaves uh fanatic the rest of the pop 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 punk and more i go more metal but like you, I love to go to concerts. I actually, I, I, I'm going to admit it, and I've said it before, I miss going to concerts more than I miss going to baseball games. There's nothing quite like a concert. I will agree there. Blink-182, they are GOAT status for me. They are my favorite band. Green Day is going to have a big year this year. Uh, 20th anniversary of American Idiot, 30th anniversary of Dookie. Green Day are also one of the goats for me, so I'm excited for them. And yeah, um, maybe we'll get back to music in a bit if people ask questions, but I do want to <laughs> get to some of these baseball-related topics. Michael Correa... Real quick on music, did I ever... Did you, I, I ran to Mark Hoppus twice at Dodger Stadium. Now that's cool. Yeah, and he was really nice. He was super nice. It was like, first time we saw him, my son and I were just like... <gasps> <laughs> We went total fangirl, man. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I, I envy you hard. <laughs> that was Michael really cool. Michael Carrillo, always appreciate you asking questions here. 
Would you trade for Lane Thomas? He has two years left. If you could get him right now. Yes. We've got a big, we've got a big <laughs> yes from Tim. Oh, yeah. I like Lane Thomas, but to be honest, I don't know. I don't know if he's the right fit. He's been on a bad Nationals team coming to the Dodgers, going from a losing culture to a winning culture. Might be a big shock for him. Personally, I think I want guys that have more postseason experience. Tommy Pham, a great solution if the Dodgers could get him on a one-year deal. I really do think that Tommy Pham could be a nice X factor for the Dodgers lineup, and he has one of the best postseason numbers of active players. And I don't hate the move of Lane Thomas if it's cheap, like they just have to give up a very lesser-tier prospect. Sure, why the hell not? Because he can hit left-handed pitching fairly well. What about um, Adam Duvall? Adam Duvall is a great talent. I do have some concerns that his numbers might be inflated when he's because he's. I have to look up how he did for Miami because he was he was there really briefly, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. right? I, I have to double check, but I know he played for Boston Hitters Ballpark. Atlanta's a pretty hitter friendly ballpark. Um, He's getting up there in age as well. I know that he's kind of a chalk pick as a guy for the Dodgers. And, I mean, it makes a lot of sense because he, he's been on a lot of postseason teams. So that definitely checks a major box for me. Um, but if it's a cheap deal, why not? Let's see what Adam Duvall did in his most recent couple seasons. So 247 hitter, 303 on base, but an 834 OPS. That definitely plays when he was with Miami. 22 home runs, 68 RBIs. This is back in 2021. They yep. got shipped back to the Braves and obviously won a World Series. Um, yeah, Adam Duvall is perfectly fine. Career on base is a little low for my liking, 291. Yeah. But I believe, I believe he did win a gold glove for center field. And if if the guy could actually catch a ball, Jorge Soler is is the guy that I would really go for because that guy's had postseason success. He's a real threat, but I don't know if he can catch a ball in the outfield. I'm straight up. <laughs> I mean, if if we had him and left with Max at at, at third, and if Lux's knee isn't a hundred percent, that's ooh, <laughs> that's bad. <laughs> So Paul Charles is kind of on the same, same wavelength. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Thanks, Esme. Almost slurred there. Um, <laughs> and I like his idea, which was also my idea. I heard that the Red Sox might trade Trevor Story. 
there is a report that the Boston Red Sox are trying to shed more payroll. They told a certain pitcher that they're targeting that they need to get some contracts off the books in order to sign him. And there's some speculation that it might be a guy like Jordan Montgomery, who was linked to Boston. I think Trevor story, he's had a couple bad seasons because of the injuries. I think he'd be an awesome fit for the Dodgers. The contract isn't the best thing in the world, but knowing how these things usually work, the Red Sox would probably pay a good portion of it just to get him off their books altogether. Defensively, he has elite numbers as much as Gavin Lux deserves his shot. I don't know if I'm willing to risk it with a very questionable left side of the infield with Gavin Lux and Max Muncy as our defensive shortstop third baseman combo. If you could get a guy like Trevor story who you insert at shortstop, this thus you got to move Gavin Lux to second base. That really adds a lot more stability. Um, I was looking into Trevor Story's fan graph defensive numbers. He's got a defensive run save mm. anywhere from six to 10 every yeah. season. Yeah, no, he, 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 I mean, he was definitely one of the top shortstops. I mean, this whole, um, you know, being part of that awful Rockies organization obviously didn't help him. Yeah. And then the way the whole Boston thing put him at second because they had Bogarts and, yeah, just a mess that it's been the last couple of years and, and getting hurt, of course, <laughs> that makes it worse. But, you know, um, talk, someone asked about Chris Taylor. Um, yeah, Taylor is probably the left fielder right now. I don't think that's a good spot for him. I mean, he could play anywhere. I just I don't want Taylor starting in any one position. Mm-hmm. I want him all, you know, hey, fill in at second base one day, shortstop one day, left field, center field. Just do the Chris Taylor thing. And maybe, you know, hit some key home runs. He'll strike out quite a bit. But Taylor's defensive numbers, like at shortstop, have, have not been very good. But he's a decent left fielder. Um, still a good athlete, obviously. But I think they need some real bat, a real stick out there. I would prefer more of a full-time, trading for a full-time guy. You know, Rosa Reina is the big dream. But, um, you know, Fam is the guy. I'm, I'm all in. Um, you know, people will go... Hey, we've got. Uh, um, uh, he had those issues with Jock Peterson. He got stabbed and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, Ar- the Arizona loved him. <laughs> That's true. And I think there was guys on the Dodgers that that liked him too. There are uh, Mookie Betts. Really, I think it was Mookie and maybe even JD. They both really wanted him. Yeah. And then yeah, just going back to Trevor Story. My final thoughts. This is a guy that hits left-handed pitching really well he's basically a 300 lifetime hitter against left-handed pitching 973 ops against southpaws if you could add his bat into the lineup yeah he's not an outfielder but you already have chris taylor who's a right-handed bat you got mookie betts who'd be a right-handed bat um i just think trevor story uh, unlocks a whole different animal for the dodgers and he wouldn't have to be the face of the franchise he's a supporting character now which would yeah trevor story is a supporting character just makes the lineup even lengthier. Yeah, and and in left field also. I mean, let's not forget they still have, and you know, it's kind of weird, but the, the possibility of Michael Bush or Miguel Vargas, but also Andy Paez. Paez, yes. man, is super talented. There's a there's a little there's a lot of high risk, high reward with him, but um, you know they they still have options in that way. Uh, but yeah, I still think they need a right-handed bat because even though Shohei Otani replaces JD Martinez, 
we still need a right-handed bat to replace J.D. Martinez. You know what I mean? Because that's a very heavy left-handed lineup. Yeah, and I guess it'd have to be an outfielder, I suppose, or the shortstop. I don't think Margot and Rojas survive this season. Mm. They might both make it opening day, but I have a hard time seeing them both being on the roster post-trade deadline. Unless one of them really turns it, or unless they both really turn it around, I just don't know what value they're going to bring. Miguel Rojas obviously makes a lot of sense as a defensive replacement, but what are we going to get out of Manuel Margot? Yeah, I mean, right now the bench wouldn't have a lot of pop at all. I mean, if your bench is Rojas and Margot and Barnes and then whoever else, there's no pop there. <laughs> there's, yeah. you know, there's no fear there. So I'd like to see the bench get stronger, um, and just just to even because if they're going to do the platoons and they will do some platoons, you need you just you want to have someone off the bench that could hit the ball out of the ballpark. And uh, Margot is I look at as a defensive replacement type guy, and it, he's a solid major leaguer, but. Mm, does he fit on the Dodgers? I don't know. I think that, you know, as we can guess, that was just a throw in to, to make the trade happen, which I'm glad they did just whatever it took. And then, uh, you know, Rojas is not a hitter. He's a fielder. So that's two defensive, re- three defensive replacements. Cause that's what Barnes is too. Barnes is, you know, obviously a, an excellent, uh, handler of the pitching staff and probably the, in my opinion, one of the most respected guys in the clubhouse. Yeah, Danielle Finn agrees with you that the bench is awful. Dennis Gonzalez, regarding an outfielder, would Christian Yelich be a good trade option to get? I've answered this one before. Um, I like Christian Yelich. I think he'd be awesome for the Dodgers. He's a left-handed bat, and to me, that doesn't matter because Christian Yelich is Christian Yelich. It would have to come, though, with a discount in terms of that contract. I don't think the Dodgers should have to pay for the entire contract. But this is a Southern California guy. I'm pretty sure he probably liked the Dodgers at one point in his life. He's from the Thousand Oaks, Westlake Village area. So it'd be a homecoming for him. He, at at one point, had great numbers at Dodger Stadium. I don't Mm -hmm. know if they've sustained. But an MVP. This would just make the entire league mad because they'd trade for another (laughs) former MVP. And now all of a sudden you have... Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Shohei, and Yelich, who are four MVPs in one lineup. Yeah. Um, if it's part of a Corbin Burns deal and we don't have to give up the ship to make that happen, uh, I'm in. Because I, I think he's still productive. Um, and as, as a left fielder, he'd be fine for now. Um there's still, I think, four years left on his contract. It is, it is a bit, but if they're if they're gonna pay some of it. Um, the Dodgers do one thing the Dodgers do have, they got a ton of prospects and they need to move some of them. And, uh, maybe, maybe that happens. I don't know. I think it's, I, yeah, I talked about that too. I, 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 I have a bias towards Christian Yelich. I think he's a, a, a really good player and, um, I've always liked him. I wish the Dodgers would have gotten him after 2017. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, if we if if it enables us to get Corbin Burns especially and not have to give up uh, Emmett Sheehan type guy, then I'm 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 in. You know, uh, 
he he wouldn't hurt that's for sure we've got a lot of miguel rojas chat going on i mean good for you if you really like miguel rojas but what offensively did he show you in my opinion to really want you to believe in him next season he just he was he had a wrc plus like in the 50s most of the year <laughs> and he didn't really hit lefties that well but yeah i mean he's a he's a fine bench piece but the dodgers can easily upgrade if it's adamas at the deadline i'll take it if it's story hell yeah i think the dodger chris taylor i would rather have play more shortstop than miguel rojas next season but that's just my opinion yeah for me again with rojas it's more of let let lux get his at bats and if the dodgers are ahead then you put put rojas at short to to end the game um and i'd like to do the same thing with uh with muncie um that's one of the reasons i i have been a fan of re-signing kike hernandez because he can kike is a really good third baseman way better than taylor is and um so I, again i i to you to have that defense better at the end of the game um, makes a difference, and but you got to be ahead, and you get and and in the order needs to come around because you don't want to throw away Max Muncy at bats or Gavin Lux at bats to get a defensive replacement in, but you know just to have them in at the end of the game, especially if you got um, you know a pitch like Gratterall. Gratterall pitches to contact. You know it's a lot of weak contact, but. Um, yeah, I want a good I want a good defense out there when uh when when that ninth inning rolls around. But that's that's where what I see the role as. If we're counting on Miguel Rojas um to be a starting shortstop for the whole year or to play a lot and and, and like we just said, the bench, uh he provides no offense off the bench. I mean ops plus of sixty six or sixty five. Yeah, yeah. That's just unacceptable. Yeah, it's not gonna work. <laughs> Another question right here. Then I actually wanted to dive into some reliever chat for a few minutes, and then we'll get to some more questions and answers in just a few minutes. So if you guys got some questions you want, feel free to drop those in the chat. This is coming from Trey B. Which trade is more likely, a Dylan Cease or Shane Bieber trade? Hmm. Well, the Braves are out on Cease. Yeah, actually... <laughs> I keep meaning to bring him up. What What are your thoughts on Chris Sale going from the Red Sox traded to the Atlanta Braves? Um, they got him for you know basically ten million bucks and and a, and a you know shortstop prospect. So obviously the Red Sox might be looking to trade somebody that plays shortstop. Uh, we just talked about. Um, it doesn't hurt, especially since the Dodgers are you know, historically and continue to be weak against left-handed starters. That's just the way it is. And so I, you know, but at the same time, sale is 35. He breaks a lot. I mean, he's what six foot four weighs about 120 pounds throwing, um, you know, he throwing way, way beyond his body. Um, could, should be dealing with, you know, just physically to handle that. That's he's probably, he's due to break again. Um, but you know, he's a. I wouldn't have minded him. That's for sure. To have Chris Sale coming in periodically, that would be nice. But he's something you can't count on. With him and Charlie Morton, you've got uh, good luck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Chris Sale just isn't longed for this game anymore to sustain an entire season. 
but he is certainly scary if he's healthy for the mm-hmm. postseason. The Dodgers have obviously faced him before in the World Series. We got to him one time, and then I don't think we got to him the second time when he came out of the bullpen. But I distinctly remember game one. I believe the Dodgers got four runs off of him, and Matt Kemp took him deep. Right. But this is a great point by Tim that if we are facing Chris Sale, we don't want to roll out a, a lineup that's just mostly lefties, even if they are great, like Freddie Freeman and Shohei Otani, Gavin Lux, James Altman. We probably do want to have a for sure lefty killer in the Dodgers lineup. This typically comes into play in these series matchups when you have the unexpected guy who just hits lefties well throughout his career. You need one of those guys in your lineup. Yeah, and, and Tommy Pham and, and Kiki Hernandez are two of those guys that do that. Yes. Um, there's more out there, and Lane Thomas is another guy that crushes lefties. Um, so they they need they definitely need that. So some some said that it was a, a, a definite uh, firing across the 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 Dodgers' bow with getting getting Sale, um, but it does leave, you know probably leaves them out of the cease conversation, which. I don't know if that lowers it, anything yet because I'm sure um, there's since the Braves are out there's 27 other teams or 28 other oh, not Oakland uh, 27 other teams that are uh, that are probably in on Dylan C's. He's not. I mean, the guy's been really good and he's been really mediocre. <laughs> I don't think Dylan Cease is going to get traded to the Dodgers or the Braves now at this point. I think the the asking price that the Chicago White Sox are demanding is just too high. Came yep. out that they wanted Ryan Pepio and more for Dylan Cease. We don't know what that more was. Um, some people think maybe it was even Bobby Miller, but if there's a team that might trade for Dylan Cease, I could see the Baltimore Orioles pulling it off. Um, Shane Bieber, he wouldn't come to the Dodgers in just a one for, he wouldn't come as the sole pitcher. It'd probably be a package deal. And there were some links to the Dodgers and Manuel Classe. So maybe if the Dodgers are giving up a lot of prospects to Cleveland, that's why Shane Beaver would be included in the package. Shane Beaver is another guy like Sale who's kind of just breaking down a lot. Yeah. And he's on the downside of his career now. For whatever reason, his velocity has really diminished, throwing 90 to 91. The um, analytics suggest that he's not really a great pitcher at this point either. Not to say he can't turn around with the Dodgers. And as a number four or even number five starter, if he could stay healthy, that's an awesome innings eater for Los Angeles. Um, but I'm not interested in Shane Bieber just on his own. On that note, with relievers, Tim, do the Dodgers need to add a closer? I don't think they need to add a closer. I like to add really good pitchers, though. And, um, you know, the names we've heard, Class A, Hater, things like that. Um, I like him, but I just don't, I don't want, I'm a, I'm an anti-closer guy. I, I believe if, if you have jo- someone like a Josh Hader yeah. and you got the top lefties are coming up in the eighth inning, Hader pitches the eighth, not the ninth. Hmm. Um, you, you go get the, you, you pitch to the situation like the Dodgers did with Trinan and used to do with Evan Phillips before they decided to put him yeah. in that spot. I'm a big fan of that. I don't know where the Dodgers are in that. Cause I thought they were getting away from the closer, then all of a sudden, at the end of 2022, the you know D- Dave Roberts is asked, "Why didn't you pitch Evan Phillips in Game Four of the NLDS?" Oh, we were saving him for the ninth. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, with, <laughs> what? That, with that information being disclosed, it does sound like the Dodgers still do want to go with the formula of having a set closer, hence why they are strongly in the Josh Hader market. If I had to put some odds on it right now, I'd say it's about a 40% chance that the Dodgers sign Josh Hader. And the reason being is this isn't the first time I think I've heard rumors that the Dodgers have had interest in Josh Hader. They really mm-hmm. do like his stuff. They like him as a pitcher. He was kind of a shitty teammate to the Padres last year. He was. He, he wouldn't go back-to-back nights. as He wouldn't pitch, I don't think, more than three outs. And this was for selfish reasons because he wanted the big contract. And once he gets paid, though, the good news is I don't think you have to worry about those rules anymore. I think he, now that he has the guaranteed money, he would pitch back-to-back nights. He'll go for six outs if he's if he needs to. So I think we can cross out those issues. Um, I just think that the Dodgers like to have a set guy in the ninth because, unfortunately, Dave Roberts, in my opinion, doesn't have the best track record as a great feel for bullpen arms in the, when the situation calls for it. So what's the best way to get your best what's the best way to get the seventh and eighth figured out well you have a set closer you can trust in the ninth inning you can have evan phillips right or sorry evan phillips bruce Gratterall, maybe blake trinan jp fire Eisen as all different setup options oh yeah and this would really benefit the dodgers yeah it's a lot of money josh Hader wants over 100 million dollars but you forgot somebody. You forgot Inland Empire's finest, man. Joe Kelly. Yes. How could I forget? <laughs> Friend of the show, right? <laughs> yep. He did come on once. Yeah. yeah I mean, the, the Dodgers bullpen right now, it looks it looks good. I'd give it a solid B, B+. Plus. Mm-hmm. I do think they are missing one more lockdown high leverage guy, though. The easiest, yeah. easiest name to bring back is Ryan Brazier. He's 36. He was obviously let go by the Red Sox midseason. Can we really count on him to carry over that magic that he found with the Dodgers? I don't know. If he wants two years, I'm out, to be honest. Oh, yeah. I saw it with Yency Almonte, where he had like a one ERA basically in 2022. Then the next season, he had a five ERA. I don't think the Dodgers want to lock themselves into another one one of those situations. They've proven it time after time. They can find someone on the flyer and fix him. So Ryan Brazier isn't the only great reliever out there. Yeah, um, I I agree with you on that. I think my concern right now is I don't trust either of the lefties in the bullpen right now. I wouldn't pitch pitch them past the fifth inning almost. I mean, they've proven – what they've proven is they're inconsistent. Vessi, it seems like, has to go down every year to to find his stuff. Um, I think Ferguson, I think just the, the league knows what's coming. Um, he only threw, I think, fastballs last season. That's what it seemed like. He used to have a really good curveball. I don't know what's going on with that. I haven't, I, I, some, some to look at eventually is to go and look at his pitch mix, but it just seemed like the high fastball, and the, the league's adjusting to the high fastball. So now they're going, oh, now we got to start throwing low again. And, um, yeah, someone just says Vessi and Ferguson throw meatballs. Eh? Yeah, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with that. Um, but yeah, I, I I think the starting rotation, a lefty not having a lefty doesn't bother me. Um, right-handed, 
it bothers or in the bullpen it really does bother me i think they need they need uh at least one left-hander you can trust to get left-handers out yeah that was a huge issue last season and they let go they had to let go of brian hudson so we'll see if he's able to come back to the dodgers organization that's why i think josh Hader makes a lot of sense yeah even if he's not closing every night there might be a situation where you have the Braves come up with Matt Olson in the eighth inning and you want to go with Josh Hader in the eighth to face or Bryce Harper in the eighth inning. There you go. You got Josh Hader. Yeah, it's a lot of money, but if he does his job, he will get these guys out versus I don't really want to trust Alex Vesey in the eighth inning. I don't know if I want to trust Caleb Ferguson again in the eighth inning. If he's, if he's only going to throw fastballs, like Tim said, he ditched the curveball. We don't really know why, it's not like it was a bad pitch, but for some reason, he just only threw fastballs last season. Daniel yeah. Finn suggesting Matt Moore as a left yeah. flyer. He's great. He would be awesome. Yep. I, I think that's – I would take that in a heartbeat um, right now. <laughs> and, and uh, yeah. And plus, Ferguson, he only has one more year until free agency, I believe. So that's another thing. I mean, he's been around for this long, and he is what he is. I thought um, before, man, before he got hurt, I don't know if you recall, but during 2020, he was so good. And then everything fell apart. You know, he had his Tommy John. Yeah. Um, oh, I and I just don't know if he's getting that back. I was saying on this podcast that Caleb Ferguson in 2020 was just as effective as Josh Hader. Mm. Thankfully, they were able to overcome his injury. Other guys like McGee, Choleric, Wood. Probably blanking on one other guy, but they all stepped up in the postseason mm-hmm. as lefty relievers. Oh, Victor. Yeah. Oh, he was the biggest of them all. How, yeah. how could I forget? Yeah. Victor Gonzalez was massive. Yep. Yang Yi asking a really difficult question. Imanaga or Hater, if you had to choose one. I, I'm going the lefty reliever, man. I got to go Hater. I think they need it. <laughs> I I think I'm going hater as well. Yeah. Only oh, wait, this see that one there from Bob? I have no idea if this is the real Bob Nightingale. <laughs> assume it is. I, he, he, he shows up on mine. I assume it's him all the time, man. <laughs> What's up, Bob Nightingale? Anyone remember Seeger breaking up Matt Moore's no-hitter a few years back? I absolutely remember Corey Seager breaking up Matt Moore's no hitter. I think that was actually on Corey Seager's bobblehead night. Oh gosh. Yeah. That was, that was the, that was, Oh my gosh. If you recall, that was during the same time when AJ Ellis was traded and all the chaos, everyone was whining. Oh, the Dodgers are going to be dead because they lost AJ Ellis. And, uh, but also Matt Moore from that time, he threw like 132, 133 pitches. Yeah. And he, Never recovered that year. He he maybe had one more good start the whole year, but that's what happens with these no hitter games where they're going one twenties, one thirties. It wrecks them, and you got to they got to be careful when they do that. Um, and especially if you don't get it, <laughs> makes it worse. Look at Lorenzen, right? He had that one no hitter through one hundred and twenty some pitches and was terrible the rest of the year. He is, and he's a free agent now. Yeah, I wouldn't mind him. <laughs> plus, he, <laughs> plus, he might provide more power off the bat than the rest of our bench. <laughs> We've gone to that. But up, bump. 
Uh, I just dropped the link in our Discord. If you want to join the Incline Dodgers Discord to talk some Dodgers chat, you'll get the latest Dodgers rumors. What's going on around Major League Baseball? We got a pretty good chat going on. And of course, when this season gets rolling, of course, we're going to talk Dodgers baseball live chat during these games. So definitely want to take advantage of that. Um, I would say we're going to probably have about 15 more minutes of this show. So, Tim, is there anything in particular you wanted to cover? Um, I think it's one of those we, we've had such a huge December. I mean, it's historic from an offseason perspective, spending over a billion dollars, bringing in two stud pitchers and really possibly the greatest baseball player of all time. And that says a lot. Um, now it's just, hey, we got spring training coming up in like six weeks. It's coming. You know, first game's like in six weeks. And remember, they're going to Korea. So if you're going to want to see the Dodgers, the actual Dodgers team play, you need to get to spring training early, not later, because the team's going to be gone. Now, the best part, that's good for me because that means the minor leaguers are playing, and I like that better anyway. But that's my selfish reasons. But if you want to get out there and see Shohei Otani and Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman at Camelback, I uh, probably need to be there before 315, I'm guessing, something like that, 315 on uh, March 15th. It's a long flight. Yeah. Drop your final questions in there, everybody. We'll get to your the newest ones in just a second. But if you haven't hit that like button yet, hit the like button. If you're enjoying this content, we'll definitely have Tim back. This has been a fun show. Make sure you're a subscriber so you can keep up to date with everything going on in Klein Dodgers. Kershaw, still a free agent. Will he be a Dodger? Will he go to the Texas Rangers? What are the Dodgers going to do about Clayton Kershaw? I feel like we haven't heard anything. Yeah, I just maybe this is just optimism. I think they have an agreement in place hmm. for him to come back and sign and get put right on the 60-day injured list when spring training starts. At the same time, I look at it and go, well, you know, Kersh got a, a wonderful wife and four wonderful kids. And he's going to be rehabbing, in my opinion, almost all year. He yeah. he says that he'll be back half, you know, midseason or whatever. I don't believe it. Where does he want to rehab? Does he want to rehab in Los Angeles? Does he want to rehab in Arizona? Does he want to rehab in Texas, right next to home? And so that's the one thing that makes me go, would he go to the Rangers? And does that mean that Austin Barnes is all automatically traded to the Rangers too? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. What's interesting about the Rangers, they lost Mitch Garver. Are they in the market for a catcher? Mm. Yeah, I wasn't even thinking about that because, I mean, it, Kirsch, it, the, it, the, optimistically, very optimistically, is going to be ready midseason. But that's very optimistic. Um, I don't, I don't, I'm not a doctor, but yeah. these shoulder surgeries, they, you know, what Brandon Woodruff, I don't know if it's the same one, but he's out for the whole year. Julio Urias missed a lot more time than a year and and was a lot younger when when he had his shoulder is issues. I don't know if it was a you know Julio's was a labrum. Um Kershaw of course they're not going to the Dodgers aren't going to disclose anything as long as they can avoid it. Um and now he's not even a Dodger so they can't. That's <laughs> another thing. So it's up to Kershaw to talk about what it really would be. And so we don't know. Um I would I would hate Kershaw to finish with another team, but at the same time, it's his life. He's earned 
everything. Dodger legend. Really want to see him get to 3,000 Ks, specifically with the Dodgers. But even if he does it with the Rangers, I think I'm going to go wherever he's going to go for that game, and I want to see that in person. Oh, you're on delay. You there? <laughs> um, yes. It's going. It's freezing a little bit. You seen that? Yeah, I do. Yep, yeah, I got gotcha. you. My network connection's a little shaky right now, but hopefully everyone can hear me. I will just continue talking on. Yang Yi, Gavin Lux, and Emmett Sheehan for Corbin Burns and Willie Adamas. Mm, I'm not trading Sheehan. I'm not. I'm not. Tra I'm not trading Sheehan uh, for a one-year guy. I mean, just can't do that. Yeah, it's a it's a fair trade. I think I think I would do it, but from what I'm hearing, the Brewers aren't looking to sell these guys right now, so it might be a trade we'd have to revisit come the major league trade deadline. Yeah, I think I just think it, it's it would suck if they if they trade Emmett Sheehan, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to sign Corbin Birds long term. I'm not gonna trade Sheehan for a rental, but if Corbin Burns agrees kind of like tyler glass now and mm -hmm. be tough because boris is his representative but if they can get that extension in place it makes the deal much more worth it yeah i i agree with that um yeah i was against the glasno trade giving up pepio but when i found out that there was a contract extension and uh it, it, then it made a lot more sense and totally. i yeah you can't be giving up Six years of Emmett Sheehan for one year of anybody. Yeah, Emmett Sheehan is too talented. Yeah. We'll play a little prediction game from Justin Yamas. Where does Blake Snell go? I'm just going to do quick flyers. Where do you think Snell signs? I think it's Giants. I hate it. I agree. Where does Jordan Montgomery sign? Red Sox. I agree as well. Matt Chapman, where does he sign? I think he goes back to the Jays. Maybe I, that's wishful thinking. <laughs> I think he goes to the Giants. You do. Uh, gosh and darn it. Last one, Cody Bellinger. Where does he sign? Former Dodger MVP. Back to the Cubs. I'm going with the Angels. Oh. Oh, okay. That'd be fun. I, I'm good with that. As long as it's not. I just don't want to face it. Face them on the Giants or the Padres. Yeah, the Padres are gonna be, they're gonna be so bad next season. Hopefully, I'm not jinxing everything, but they have no <laughs> pitching. Tatis is gonna be great. Machado should bounce back, but besides that, what do they have to look forward to? Um, probably AJ Preller trading more of their prospects. That he should be kind of holding on to a little bit. Like I like to say for the poor Padres fans down here, that are, I got a, a lot of friends that are Padre fans. Hey, go up to Lake Elsinore and watch those guys because you're never going to see them again in the Padre uniform because they're all they're all trade bait. Um, but AJ Preller, how does he have a job? He should have been fired after this season. I do not get My it gosh. at all. I mean, He's he couldn't even work with with freaking Bob Melvin. Yeah. What what is AJ Preller 
done in the last 10 years that justify him to even stay at this point? They reached one NLCS. They've spent a lot of money. They've had a number of quote unquote super teams that the media raved about that missed the postseason, not just last season, but this happened in 2015 as well. He's yeah. gone through four or five different managers. It's It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, and the contracts that he gave out to Bogarts, Darvish, and Cronenworth are criminal. Those are so stupid. He, I mean, I, I, I mean, yeah, he made the Tatis trade. Great trade. Good job. You nailed one. He's actually a very good scout, but that's what he is. He's not. He doesn't know how to put together a team. It seems like now. Watch him go out and finally win a World Series, but. Um, yeah, well, now we're jinxing it all over the place. But I just think he's made so many tactical mistakes that and now Darvish seems to be pissed at him, mm-hmm. um, which is good. Um, but you know, again, giving Darvish, who was thirty six at the time, a, a six year contract. Oh my god! Come on, man! And giving Cronenworth, who was three years away from free agency, a seven year, eighty million dollar contract for a league average decent player, who's who, who, who yeah. the contract? I mean, he's going to be like thirty-eight when it ends. Oh, come on, and then and, and the Bogarts Xander, trade. Yeah, just trading Xander, Bo- just signing Xander Bogarts to three hundred million just because. Yes, yeah. it's just reckless. Yeah, because he didn't get Judge or uh, Trey Turner, and it's yeah. like well, I don't get it. He, he just he shot he shot his he shot his wad, man, and I know. So I knew for over. I knew last October that Peter Seidler was dying. Hmm. I got, I got, you know, I'm down here. I knew this, but, yeah. um, so I know that I know what they were trying to do, but boy, they really took a wrong approach for some, they, they just un they're, they, they didn't need to sign Cronenworth and Darvish to those contracts. They just didn't need to do that. Um, and it was, yeah, it was definitely the desperation. You can look at it in history and go, man, but, Holy smokes, Preller, you really didn't put together a team. You know, you, you took probably the best fielding shortstop in baseball in Hassan Kim and put put him at second base for a, a barely average shortstop, maybe a little bit above average on some days. Just wild. I love it. Let's help out <laughs> Noisy Ninja 91, who looks new to these streets here, but welcome. This is not a dumb question, so we'll answer it. What does it mean when you say the lineup provides protection to Shohei? You want it or you want me to get it? You can answer it. All right. So when when you're you're the best hitter on the team, and let's say that you're well above everyone else on your team, then the pitcher is going to go, I'm not giving Shohei – any pitches to hit, and if I walk them, it's okay because the guys behind them can't do any damage. They're not they're not real threats. But when you put Shohei, uh, like they used to have him, um, you know, in front of uh, Mike Trout, he had protection because Mike Trout is an all time great hitter, also. But now with him on the Dodgers, they have he's got future Hall of Famers behind him, possibly and in front of him. Um, or maybe just, or Will Smith, but all all-star caliber, well above average, really good players. And I'm not well above is just not saying it right. Really good players, good to great players. 
around him, they they have to pitch to him, or he, or he's going to end up on base, and then Freddie comes up and hits a double, and he scores. So when with the protection that he has, they have to pitch to somebody. And if they don't want to pitch to Shohei, then you got to pitch to Freddie. If you want to don't want to pitch to Freddie, then you got to pitch to Will. It just adds up, and it makes that lineup become more of a threat. Because you, you can't just ignore and go, well, let's just walk Shohei or not give him anything to hit, and then we'll worry about the rest of the guys. You can't do that, at least with top five hitters. Couldn't explain it any better. Dennis Gonzalez, what's the better upside, trading for Corbin Burns or signing Jordan Montgomery? I would take Jordan Montgomery. I think he is basically the 2020s version of John Lester. It doesn't, mm. it seems like every time he goes to an organization where there's more pressure, he steps up. He's got great postseason success. He also just is the type of guy that he doesn't throw hard. So he's durable. He's able to give you great amount of innings every season. And he's a winner. It's a little, it is a little concerning that he did just win with the Texas Rangers. So hopefully there's no world series hangover, but if you don't buy that narrative, um, I think I think uh, Montgomery would be an excellent fit for the Dodgers, and he's a lefty. Yeah, and I always like to say it's not my money, but they are my prospects. <laughs> so trading for Burns is going to cost a lot. Uh, Montgomery doesn't even cost a draft pick because he was traded in the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. So he, he's it's just money. Um, I think Montgomery is a good solid three, and would start in the playoffs. Um, well, maybe on this rotation, he might be a four or a five if everyone does what they could do. Because uh, if you look at it, uh, Yamamoto, Glasnow, Bueller, and Miller all have amazing upside. And Sheehan, too. I mean, they all have higher upside than Montgomery. But Montgomery's a proven proven guy that's, like you said, he's a winner. Absolutely. I like that. A good question from Bruce Davis. To the point. What's next for the Dodgers? Spring training. <laughs> no, there's something coming. You know he's lurking. Is it? Is it? Is it? Is it your guy Rosenthal that would always have Trinan in the in the cornfields, or was that you? That's David Rosenthal. Yeah, I I see the same thing. I see Friedman is is just kind of lurking, and he's going to strike again. I think it, it just um. You know, people go, where was Friedman during the Yamamoto press conference? He was probably on a well-deserved vacation with his family. You know, <laughs> that didn't bother me. <laughs> I'm going to say what's next for the Dodgers is they add a bona fide, without a doubt, high leverage reliever, whether it's Hater, Classe, or a reunion with Kenley Jansen. Ooh. I don't want him closing though, man. <laughs> or maybe Chris Martin. I'd rather have Chris Martin. That guy, boy. Talk about a guy that benefited from being on the Dodgers, going from the Cubs to the Dodgers. I mean, it was like, okay, we gave up Zach McKinstry. I was more happy to, that that happened. Yeah. Um, but Martin became really good and he continued it. Unlike like Tyler Anderson, who was really good with the Dodgers. And then went to the Angels and had an ERA of five something. Yes. So plus Martin's Martin would be, at least be tied with Glasnow, I think, for height. No, I think he's taller. And um, but he's also 
he's like 38. Um, and what's intriguing about Chris Martin is that he was teammates with Shohei Otani oh, in Japan, and his <laughs> interpreter, he, the interpreter was Chris Martin's interpreter, translating Japanese to English to him, and that's where Shohei met him, brought oh, him cool. to the states. So it'd be, a, it'd be a cool, it'd be a cool way to just bring everything together. But I mean, I don't know what's gonna happen with Kenley Jansen. I don't know if the Red Sox are going to keep him. Kenley's near the end of his career. Mm-hmm. He's one of the active saves leaders. Do you think Kenley Jansen makes it to the Hall of Fame? He's he's one of those borderline guys. Um, man, if he would have shut it down in 2017, game two of that World Series, um, if he would have gotten that save, Dodgers win that World Series, and he and he would have ended up closing that World Series somehow. He would have been a legend. That hurt. Um, but boy, if you look back on some of those years he had with the Dodgers, he was so good. I mean, there was like months he would go without walking people, and um, I know it's easy to go back and look at some of the stuff that we we saw in 2020 or 2019, 2018 was going through heart stuff. But man, he had a lot of good stuff. He's he's def. If put it this way, if Lee Smith's in, Kenley Jansen should be in. I, I'm going to just go with that. I think there's a realistic shot that the number 74 does make it to the Raptors with all the other greats. One be day. awesome. I really do. He he has three more saves than Craig Kimbrell right now. So there's a little mm. battle going back and forth. Um, he's just a few saves away from passing Billy Wagner, who's borderline hall of fame material not quite there yet but it's looking like um belch belch yeah Beltre's gonna get in yeah helton it's looking like he's gonna get in this year and i believe uh joe mauer was the other one or the three strongest candidates right now yeah i wanted uh former dodger great chase utley in that in that mix um i know his career was short in a lot of ways, but, um, for, for the time that he was playing, you know, he was the best, one of the best baseball players in baseball for a good, you know, eight, nine years. He was fantastic. Um, yeah, I could, uh, I love Billy Wagner to me. I would have voted him in a long time ago. He was just on teams that weren't that good. So he didn't get some of that, um, all that exposure that some of these other guys got. But man, he his strikeout ratios and you know fact that he's shorter than I am and all that. I mean, goodness, dude, just throw you know c- pumping ninety nine back in the day. Um, he was he was amazing, and I loved watching him pitch. So I hope he gets in. It's going to probably take the veterans committee or whatever they're called now to put him in. But um, let the players that that faced him let them vote, and and I think he's in pretty easily. <laughs> So this will be the last question of the show. Then we'll get into our our closing thoughts. Coming from William Cheek, are the Dodgers going to be able to re-sign Walker Bueller? Man, I I, I hope so. I think he's a Dodger. You know what I mean? He's yeah. got I, and after especially after losing Seager, I don't want to lose any more guys like that. I'm. It's really a bummer. Um, maybe one of those two year contracts. Where they go, 
because we know what's going to happen this year. He's going to be limited to 100 innings. And then for the second year, which would buy the free agency away, a buttload of incentives that are easily attainable if he's healthy and and just go, hey, let's let's do this two-year thing and uh, try to keep him in Dodger blue. I just – I Walker Buehler and, and October are two things that go together – Mm-hmm. Um, when he's healthy, um, he's amazing in October. He's got balls of steel and he's, <laughs> he's Walker F and Bueller, man. Walker Bueller feels like one of those pitchers that should have won at least a Cy Young in his career. And I'm honestly kind of surprised that he just hasn't gotten to it yet. 2021 was probably the closest oh. shot he had. It's just unfortunate that a couple, I think he's, he had a couple bad starts late in the season. I think yeah. one of them was against the giants where they roughed him up. That oh my gosh! In the award, um, but with that being said, I think there's a really strong shot Walker Buehler is a Dodger for ninety-ish percent of his career. I think they can make him make it work and bring him back. This season is really going to be about just getting Walker Buehler acclimated again. Mm-hmm. They've already basically said they're not going to run out of the gate hard with him. They're going to ease him in. He might miss potentially a few weeks in April just so that they can get those innings down because for them, they're emphasizing they want him to pitch in October. And to exactly. me, that makes a lot of sense because Walker Buehler is one of the best October pitchers there is in baseball. They're going to be huge question marks though, because what is it going to look like after his second surgery? Nobody knows. Right. Nobody really knows. We, we want to think he's going to be an ACE like pitcher, but there's no guarantees yet. I Nathan Eovaldi is the perfect example of a guy that's, went through what Walker Buehler is going to go through. Mm-hmm. He was able to reestablish his career and he's become one of the best big game pitchers as well. And yeah. I think that's a pretty fair um, comp for Walker Buehler. He might not be himself this season just because he's missed a lot of time, but I do think that Walker Buehler will eventually get to close to what he was. And so I just want to reiterate for Dodger fans, don't think that the sky is falling. If Walker Buehler comes out of the gate this season, not looking as sharp as he used to. I, he's still only 30 and it would benefit the Dodgers even if he doesn't have a Cy Young-like season this season. Then they're definitely able to re-sign him for a reasonable contract. Right. And if he's going to start the season late, maybe he does a little rehab work at Rancho. Come on. <laughs> there you go. That would be awesome. Cool. Well, that's it for the questions. Tim, thank you so much for coming on the Incline Dodgers today. I wanted to give you a few minutes to promote your work once again in case anyone jumped in late and share any final thoughts, topics, or predictions you want to just get off your chest. Yeah, thanks again, Kevin. This is awesome. I, I have, I've enjoyed this. I'm looking forward to seeing you in person again. I think the last time we saw each other was like 2019 at that Twitter meetup, I think it was, um, something like that. And then, um, yeah, our site, dodgers2080.com youtube.com um where a lot of the work is is slash at dodgers 2080 um please join in we'll be we might do something tonight maybe tomorrow we'll do we're gonna get live again um and just i'm excited about the season 2024 is gonna be a season like no other no promises but i think we're all looking forward to a parade get to celebrate getting to celebrate a real a championship we we enjoyed something in 2020 but it like everybody there's that gap of going we didn't really get to celebrate did we we got to enjoy it at home but uh, i want the parade 
I want Kershaw to be there for the parade. Um, yeah. And that's kind of that, that's that one thing that just, no one deserves that parade more than Kershaw as you know, he was part of that 2017 team that got robbed. To be honest, I had my plans ready to go, man. I was ready to get to the parade. It was going to be on a Friday. I, I had it all set, man. Um, but let's get that parade. It's going to be exciting. Spring training starts soon. Andrew Friedman lurks. And to be honest, all these um, Dodger sites, we appreciate everyone um, following along. Please uh, make sure to like, subscribe, um, what's going on here at the Incline. And, um, yeah, let's just keep building these channels. We've all, we've all got a nice bump with the Shohei Yamamoto December to remember. Um, but yeah, let's, let's keep, uh, keep following We're uh, and we appreciate the chat. The chat makes things, uh, uh, nice and fun and keeps us on our toes. So thank you very much, everybody. Thank you, Tim. Just dropped it in the chat right now. I want everyone's vote for the third annual incline Dodgers award. This is a nice little nostalgia trip down memory lane for the 2023 season. We got some fun categories in there. Vote for the Dodgers MVP, vote for the Dodgers Cy Young from last season vote for whoever had the most wrong take i won't spoil those if you don't know them so go ahead click that link in the survey planet it takes just a few minutes you won't regret it you'll have a fun time and my final thoughts are a name is a name that we didn't talk about but keep your eyes out for taylor ward i think he'd oh. be a nice fit for the los angeles dodgers former or i should say former teammate of shohei otani plays for the angels He's not a star, so it's not like the Angels should be hesitant to trade him to the Dodgers. I think he'd be a nice right-handed bat, and I think he's kind of what the Dodgers are looking for. I like on it. That note, on that note, everyone, welcome to 2024. Happy New Year. And like Tim said, follow both our channels. Be a subscriber. If you're on the audio feed, follow us on there. We got content coming all year long. So the Shohei Otani era is here. Let's go Dodgers. Peace out, everyone. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com.